Welcome to Reading the Bible Together. I'm your host, Angela Smith. She gave birth to leaders and kings. I mean, we mentioned Boaz. Boaz was a really good guy. Like the way God used Boaz to even redeem Ruth Mm -hmm. and Naomi is such a beautiful story. And I just think... But that was her her boy. That was her son. Right, you know, right. it's, I, I wish I I can't wait to get to heaven and watch the movie of the conversations of how Rahab raised up Boaz mm. and said, "Son, this is the life I used to live." But then I met God and I saw these people and I saw what this God did and look how it saved my life and you need to live your life differently now. And like she took her she didn't she wasn't ashamed of her past. She transformed her past with her faith, and then raised a godly son. Unexpected. When you look in the lineage of Jesus, there are five women there that are unexpected. Women you wouldn't think would be in the lineage of the Messiah. But they're there, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a look at their stories. This episode, we're going to be talking about Rahab, and I am so excited to have back. She was on one of our other series, Pastor Carolyn Haas. She is co-lead pastor with her husband, Peter, at Substance Church in Minneapolis. Welcome back, Carolyn. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. So excited. And what inspired me is that you shared this because you're on the Bible Talk team on Susie Larson Live, and you were talking about Rahab and her lineage and that's what I was like, I want to hear more. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's so fun. Um, So I'm starting out asking all of my guests, what's a fun story or a a story that means a lot to you from your own lineage and your own ancestry since we're talking about Jesus' ancestry. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I have a crazy story from my history. Um, Back in 1912, my great-grandparents were living in Germany. They were newlyweds. They'd just gotten married, and they had this dream of immigrating to the United States. So they packed everything they owned into crates. They bought tickets to cross the Atlantic, and the craziest thing happened. They literally showed up five minutes late. Like, they showed up at the dock, watched the boat sail away. Mm. So, like, they just missed it by... I mean, this is the proverbial, they missed the boat. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so... um, Um, Anyway, it was devastating. They're frustrated. You know, talk about an expensive. It's not like they had tons of money. And I'm sure because they were newlyweds. this is 1912. Yes. Okay, I know where we're going. Okay. And uh, I'm sure if they were feisty like my husband and I, they had a fight on the dock. Like, I told you to turn left, not right. And, you know, well, if you wouldn't have packed so many shoes, you know, all of that. Um, But what they they were able to scrounge up some money. A couple days later, they bought another um, ticket. And as they were on the next boat, they found out something so disturbing. They found out that the boat they missed was the Titanic. That's unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy that you have like a direct link to the Titanic. I know. (laughs) And like they actually helped. They were the boat that helped picked up survivors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like there's no news channels reporting. There's no Internet here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's like so they did not know Till I mean, there's so much you can pull out of this story. But, I mean, if I think about it, I'm so glad they missed that that ship because, obviously, they would have died. There is no way they would have survived. I wouldn't exist. My church wouldn't exist. My kids. Everything good in my life exists now because of a painful mishap. Mm. And now it's easy to look back and see, oh, look how God turned everything around for good. You know, but at the time. On the dock. They were devastated. Mm -hmm. They're weeping. They're frustrated. They're feeling the tension of what in the world. This is not what we planned. And, And so really what I've learned from this is that your current devastation could be the greatest thing that ever happens to you. Some of our greatest devastations and delays can actually become our deliverance. That's amazing. And to think about, you know, when you were saying if 
if they hadn't if they had made the boat right then you wouldn't be here your kids your church right right and to think about the people on whose shoulders we stand right and how yeah how like so many things had to fall into place for us to just exist right and that's just one story Mm -hmm. like I think I could write a book on stories of my mom my grandma you know just other relatives of miracles in their lives that I am alive today that's amazing yeah well, and that's kind of like the story that we're going to talk about today with Rahab, how God, you know, devastation was coming. Yes. She was living in a in a city that was Jericho that was going to be destroyed and they were fearful. Yes. Um, and and her and God rescued her family. Why? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in case people aren't familiar with the story of Rahab, will you kind of give us an overview of her story? Yes. OK. And I love that we're talking about Rahab because she's in the lineage of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Matthew one, we see, you know, she's in the lineage of Jesus. She's the great, great grandmother of David. But in context, we're going to read about her in Joshua. And so here, the Israelites, they've been wandering for in the desert for 40 years. It's time for them to cross over into the promised land. Joshua is now the leader. Moses has died. And I think it's so crazy that even though the mission was clear, it was clear, I've given you this promised land, Joshua still sent out two men to spy on Jericho. Like, kind of an interesting story. So we this is where Rahab comes into the picture. Joshua chapter 2, these two spies go into, Je- into Jericho, and they enter into the house of Rahab. Scripture says she's a prostitute. I mean, talk about scandal. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. And then Rahab decides to hide them, which, and so the government. That doesn't tell us why. No. What made her hide them? And then the government, I mean, that's a smart government. They, they've got people watching. They realize there are Israelite spies. They realize they go to Rahab. She lies to her government. I mean, that's, that's a TV show right there, you know. And then she negotiates a deal with the Israelite spies. So it's like, she's a strategic, smart mm-hmm. lady here. You know what I mean? She's ha- But she, it isn't just her being strategic or smart. Listen to what Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 through 11 says. This is the conversation she has with the spies after lying to the government, after hiding them. She says, I know the Lord has given you this land. She told them, we are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. What I love about this story is that this isn't just a battle. This isn't just a spy story. This isn't just strategy and she's trying to save her life. This is a faith story. Mm. This is a salvation moment for her where she isn't just trying to negotiate to save her life. She is like, no, 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 your God is the supreme God. This is this is faith, you know? And so she declares her faith in God. She talks about the miracles she's seen, you know, she has heard, not seen. And she declares, hey, your God is supreme. She knows her only hope is in this God. And then she risks her life. So what happens? Quickly, the Israelites, they conquer Jericho. The spies keep their promise to Rahab. Joshua 6.23 says it saves her entire family. So she brings in her mom, her dad, her brothers, all the relatives that were alive that came into her home. They, their lives were spared. And so Rahab's faith ended up resulting in not just her physical you know, ability to live, but her spiritual salvation. And then we get to see a future legacy of her entire family. Because her son is Boaz. 
Yes, which is such, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a whole separate, like, she had a good son. Yeah. Like, he was a good guy, yeah. like, filled with character and integrity. Yeah. And then she becomes the great-great-grandmother of David, and then she's in the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, who is this woman? <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about, um, when she was talking to the spies and telling them, I, I know what, you know, I know how your people went across the Red Sea on dry dirt. That I think it's really interesting because then when the spies go back and they the, when the Lord has them cross the Jordan, He has them cross the Jordan on dry land. Wow. He holds back the Jordan, yes, so that the whole army can cross. They yes. put the Ark of the Covenant in the middle, the whole, and then everybody crosses and the water is held back. And for a long time, like there was a lot of the story right. that was ha- like right. they they go out there, the water's held back, they yes. they stay there with the ark. Everybody has to cross. Everybody through. goes yes. through. Yes, and then they're like, oh, and while you're out there, like grab twelve stones because we yes. want to build an altar, <laughs> yes. and then we're gonna put twelve stones in the in there too yes. where they are the biggest ones. Yeah, <laughs> and during flood season, right. it says so. It's not just a trickle of a river. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm spec totally speculating, but. I've got to imagine that Jericho, because they were keeping an eye on the spies that came into the city, were they also keeping a, an mm. eye on what was happening in the river? Right. At the Jordan. So, like, this nation who we, we heard about the Red Sea. Yes. And now it's we're possible seen. that some of them would have seen them wow. come across on the Jordan. So, like, what would that have done? I mean, that's, like, paralyzingly Right. Fear. That's so if profound. Them, yeah. And if you think about it, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones still alive that actually experienced the Red Sea. Right. Everyone else died out in the wilderness because of their lack of, dis- you know, their disobedience yep. and their fear and their complaining. And so how profound for this new generation to have heard of the Red Sea mm-hmm. and now they get to experience the Jordan River. That's right. profound, too. Their own, like, mini Red Sea. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I love assuming it. the Red Sea is smaller, but it describes the Jordan River as overflowing its banks. Like, that's how much water. So if we think... So we're in Minnesota springtime when every all the ice is melted and everything is rushing. Right. It was like that. Right. When they held the water, when the Lord held the water back. It's amazing. I love, I love. And to me, what makes it so profound is that these, the, her faith, I think it's so important that we look at and go, her faith didn't come from even what she had fully seen. Mm. It was what she had heard. You know, and even a miracle, let's be honest, the Red Sea was 40 years plus prior I don't think Rahab was 40 years old. You know what I mean? To be a prostitute. She wasn't married at the time, didn't have kids. Do you know what I mean? And so I think she's talking about a miracle before her time. And I think so many of us, we're wanting to talk about, we want to see miracles, which is good. I think we should see miracles. But our faith can come and can spark out of miracles that we've heard, things that were before our time. That's why we read the Bible Mm -hmm. is that's why we go to church and why we're in small groups. That's why we study church history is to read about the works that God has done. Well, and just before we were recording, you were reading, we were talking about the the importance of being in the word. Yeah. And what was that verse from Hebrews, Hebrews 2? That you were, yeah. Yes. That you were reading when we were talking about, you know, the importance of spending time in the word and reminding ourselves of the things God has done. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Hebrews 2, 1. Yeah. And so how many, for for Rahab to believe that, how often was she being reminded right. of that? Right. And that was one, I mean, a big miracle, but like one miracle. Right. I mean, I think about how, if, maybe I'll just speak for myself, like how I sometimes struggle and struggle with my faith or like, is God really with me? And I have a whole book full of things that he's done. Right. And she had one. 
Right. And then and then says. the Sihon and Og, so those were the kings that were east of the Jordan. Um, they were giants. And there's some really cool scriptures that talk about how big his bed was. Like he had a double long bed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It literally gives the measurements of how long the bed was to demonstrate his height and how big of a, a giant he was. And I just think like that's crazy too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like there's they they saw they had heard these miracles and you know Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God mm. and I just think we we like you said we've got to be in our Bibles you know hearing more about it you know the other thing that comes to mind um, that I feel like I can I personally am challenged when I think about the story of Rahab is her faith had action to it mm-hmm. sometimes I think we think faith is just Mental, philosophical, ethereal. It's, I believe, yes, I believe this chair exists, therefore I have faith. You know, whereas Mm -hmm. scripture talks about faith with deeds, with action. Do you know what I mean? And so um, both Hebrews and James talk about Rahab's faith. And I think that's really fun that the New Testament, you know, these writers of Hebrews and James are going back to the story of Rahab and they're using her as an example. They're actually using, hey, in the same way, let's look at the story of Rahab. Mm -hmm. It was her faith and it was her deeds because she welcomed the spies, Hebrews 11.31 says, or James 2.25 says, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. Now, the context of James 2.25 is faith without deeds is dead. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't work. And so I love that we can look at this and go, wait a minute, God is not just wanting me to have my faith grow, like faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but my faith has to have action. I actually need to step out with courageous obedience. And that's what we see is she risked her life. She risked everything. That's how true her faith actually was. That's such a good word. I've thought often about how it's easy to to get kind of wrapped up in your your church community, your church culture, which is a good thing to, to have that sense and an important thing, but it's easy to make that your everything. And so you're feeding and feeding and feeding on the word and you're growing bigger and bigger and bigger and we need to exercise. Yes. Too. Like if you were just to gorge yourself on right. food, right. that wouldn't be good. You need to also exercise to put some action behind what you're doing. Right. And so I love what you're saying about the importance of not only having faith, but putting feet to that faith. Right. Well, think about how many, it's interesting that Rahab's in the Bible. No one else is from Jericho. Mm-hmm. They, they all heard the same miracles. They heard the same things. She, instead of responding, and she even said, we are all afraid. So the common emotion was fear, but then she decided to turn that into faith. And I think, you know, think about today. We all hear the same news. There's the same devastations globally everywhere. We could just live in fear and give in to that fear and just say there is no hope. Or we could rise up and say, wait a minute. There is a God who is supreme, and my only hope is in him. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to declare my faith in God today. And because Rahab did that, she didn't just save herself. And I think this is so important she changed her whole family history. Right. Like she changed legacy, genealogy. She gave birth to leaders and kings. I mean, we mentioned Boaz. Boaz was a really good guy. Like the way God used Boaz to even redeem Ruth mm-hmm. and Naomi is such a beautiful story. And I just think, but that was her her boy. That was her son. Right, you know, right. so I, I wish I I can't wait to get to heaven and watch the movie of the conversations of how Rahab raised up Boaz mm. and said, son, this is the life I used to live. But then 
I met God and I saw these people and I saw what this God did and look how it saved my life and you need to live your life differently now. And like she took her, she didn't, she wasn't ashamed of her past. She transformed her past with her faith and then raised a godly son and then great, you know, obviously a her, compassionate you know, one. I mean, the thing, correct. because Ruth was, which we'll talk about in the next episode, <laughs> but Ruth was a, she was a foreigner. She was a Moabite. They yes. were, they were not to be, you know, we, they weren't supposed to marry. There were very strict rules about that. At, well, at least at one time, I don't know if it's this time at this time, but for her, for him to, like he went out of her way, out right, of his way right. to to be kind to her. Correct. And she's a widow and margins in his field so yeah, that yeah, she yeah. could glean food. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just. And to think about, I mean, to now look at his mother and who his mother was. Right. And the influence that she must have had over Correct. him. I mean, I think because it can be really easy to gloss over the genealogy of Matthew because there are a lot of names that <laughs> totally, are hard to pronounce. Totally. And who's who. But I think taking, you know, now we're just taking five women out of that and. Even just that understanding, oh, Rahab to Boaz to Ruth. Oh, now I like I understand it a little right, bit more when you go right. through. And then we think about David. I mean, all the Psalms that he wrote mm-hmm. and and even that he Solomon and Solomon writing Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And you just think about the wisdom that we get through Scripture, the worship songs that we sing today now out of the Psalms because of her great grandson, David. Mm-hmm. Right. And then so that helps me go, you know, I feel like we live in an era that just is so now like we're so focused in the now that and a part of it is I don't think we have a lot of stories of grandparents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents that we know about, that we talk about. You know, we I, there's rare are people who can say, I'm a fifth-generation Christian. I'm a, you know, my great-great-great-grandfather was, and they did this, and they planted this. Tr-. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of stories that we hear about. Right. And I think we need to hear more of those. And even if if we don't have those, I'm going to be that so that my great-grandchildren can say, well, my great-grandmother Carolyn was a pastor and a preacher and she loved her Bible. And because she did this, I am here today changing history. You know, I love that. Uh, so where would you like to go next? Well, I just think, I think what I would want to say is I think a, a listener could go, okay, Carolyn, it's easy. Sure. Love the Bible. Love these stories. Um, how can I increase my faith? How do I know if I don't have faith? So I think the opposite of faith is fear, anxiety, um, insecurity, right? What are some things that we say or maybe are the opposite of fear? Like if I'm uh, frozen, right? You know, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not if I'm not obeying, if I'm disobeying, like those are things that are opposite of faith, right? So I think instead of feeling shame for fear, insecurity, anxiety, even maybe disobedience or inactivity, things that you know you're supposed to do, but you're not doing. I think to say, God, what is the root? Like, what am I? Like, I love that scripture where the man actually was honest with Jesus. And he said, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Mm. And I think I would want to say that prayer for all of us today of like, Lord, I have a portion of faith, but help me with my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I think to even say, Every time I open my Bible, God, what do you want to speak to me to increase my faith? Every conversation I'm in with another person, how can I stir up their faith? How can they stir up my faith? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. What miracle stories are we supposed to share that will stir up other people's faith? Because I think about what we see in in Psalm 77 um, is a great example of Asaph 
is having a really bad day. Do you know what I mean? Like he's depressed. He can't sleep. He's discouraged. He's overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Scripture actually says he's moaning. <laughs> like he <laughs> thinks this is my fate, which actually Henry Cloud would say he's in a depression loop, which means, you know, things are permanent, pervasive, personal. And then he literally gets kind of moody about God. And he's like, God, you've turned against me. You know, like, mm. okay, that's a dark space to be in. Mm -hmm. And so, but I love that that's in scripture because it, it gives us hope that, okay, you can be Asaph who's discouraged, depressed, overwhelmed, moaning. And then what does Asaph do? He recalls the wonderful deeds of long ago. And he said, so he starts remembering miracles and he starts changing his thoughts. He's like, now God, you're, this is going to constantly be in my thoughts. And then Asaph goes back to the Red Sea, which we know he was not alive. Do you know what I mean? This was at least 120 years prior to his time. So to me, that also says if if Rahab's faith can come from the Red Sea, if Asaph's faith can come from the Red Sea, my faith can come from the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. I can go read the Red Sea story in Exodus and it can do so, it can actually give me an emotional makeover because there's something about the miracles of God that restore our emotions. They restore our faith. They reset us. And like if you keep reading Psalm 77, it like he completely has a makeover and it's like, you're amazing, God, you're awesome. <laughs> and like, and then he finally gets the clarity and starts thinking correctly. But it all happened when he didn't deny his emotions. He acknowledged where he was at, but then he recalled the miracles of God. Well, and inviting God into that process. Yes. Inviting God, not just being, you know, feeling your feelings and inviting God into that. Yes. Because I think sometimes we can be afraid of you know, oh, well, these aren't clean. These Correct. aren't neat. I, but God, like, that's that's what he's waiting for. Yes. He's waiting for us to invite him into our lives. Yes. The good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the yes. gross. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think as a mom, I always want to protect my kids from any kind of pain. And I, I realized early on, I can't protect my kids from friendship betrayals, from health diagnosis, from just trauma in life. But I can bring them to Jesus and I can, you know, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I think that's the best joy for me as a mom is to anyone I talk to, I am so sorry that happened to you. I can empathize and validate, but let me bring you to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let me bring you to who he is, the miracles he has done. And let's invite him into your current season, your current life, your current emotion. And let's watch God do what only he can do. Yeah. Amen. We only have about a minute and a half left. Is there anything else you want to make sure that we talk about with Rahab? I think the only other thought I have is um, what, what is God asking you and I to do today? What is, the, is there a courageous act of faith that because we that's just— that's one thing we didn't talk about with Rahab. Right. Her courage and her bravery to do right. that. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is that courageous—so we talked about faith and our emotions and fear and all, but then— but what about the obedience part? What about the courageous act of faith that God is asking us to do that we might not know the end result? She didn't know if the spies were going to keep their promise. She, I mean, it, that's where faith, that's where courage really comes in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that scary part of, God, I, I know you're faithful. I know you're, but I actually don't know the end of the story, but I'm going to obey. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to have courage. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. And I'm going to trust you to do. And, and that's, I, I think that would be my question is, what is God asking you to do that you haven't done yet? And can you step out in an act of faith, grab a friend and do it with you. David did that with Jonathan. He was an armor bearer. It was like, I'm with you heart and soul. So I'm not saying do this alone, but 
what is God calling us to do that could not only save our life, but could change our family history and could birth leaders? I'm going to leave that question right there. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about Rahab, one of the unexpected women in Jesus's lineage. If you want to get your hands on that study guide, you can head over to myfaithradio.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time as we talk about the story of Ruth. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.